Jamie Nye and Drew Amendo with you here on the Green Zone on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Drew, another Emmy coming your way from uh, the uh, shows the last 3D days? If they gave away radio Emmys, that is. Is there a radio Emmy? If there was, for sure, Friday's show would have won hands down. Wouldn't have been any voting. Friday's show (laughs) kicked so much ass, you would have thought it was the WWE. That's how good it was. Yes. Wow. By the way, did you see that deal? Ten years, five billion dollars. You have to do. You have to put the pinky to your lip when you say billion. I'm not doing that. Billion (laughs) dollars. Keep keep talking to me, everybody, about, you know, it's fake, right? Well, I'll tell you what isn't fake. Five billion dollars. And uh just watched uh, the president of uh, uh, the WWE on with um, Pat McAfee, Tony Khan, and talking about um, that it may, it may not be on Raw, not be on Mondays anymore. They <clears throat> might move it. Oh. Well, that would be something else. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more business of WWE moving to Netflix. Uh, but right now, we're going to talk about the news out of the New York Islanders. Patrick Waugh is behind the bench as the new uh, head coach. And uh, we are joined with the uh, Islanders legend broadcaster, Butch Goring, uh, here on the Green Zone. Um, Butch, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure. And could you send a little bit of that $5 billion in my direction? <laughs> I can't. I cannot, uh, unfortunately, uh, Butch, but I'll, I'll try. But for, I wanted to start here w- with you, Butch, before we get to Patrick Waugh. The Edmonton Oilers have won uh, 13, trying to win 14. Everybody's saying the Pittsburgh Penguins, the record 17 straight. But for those who know, I think the New York Islanders have the best winning streak of all time. You guys won 15 straight all in regulation. There was no overtime back in 81-82. Uh, I, I would agree with you uh, 100%, and, and no disrespect to Pittsburgh or, or Edmonton at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, uh, it, it makes a difference. And uh, so, I, you know, I always think, you know, feel like in some of these records, there should be asterisks beside them because, you know, they're different. It's different times, and it's sort of a different record. But uh, certainly, uh, whether you're doing it in overtime or whether you're doing it in a shootout, uh, it's still pretty good hockey. Uh, what, what do you think of these Oilers right now? Are they... they... I try not to think about them. You know, they certainly, uh, you know, have uh, certainly adjusted their, uh, their their way of play as to, um, you know, early on in the year, they, they were struggling. Um, their superstars were struggling, and everybody's got it going in the right direction. So, you know, sometimes it's uh, you need a kick in the butt, and, and sometimes it's a matter of just getting the rhythm going. And then once you've got that, then there's confidence and just – Everything rolls in the in the right direction. So uh, everybody wants to have that kind of a flavor, and right now, certainly the Oilers are you know on top of the world. Uh, Butch Goring with us, uh, Islanders a legend, of course, a broadcaster, and it was a coaching change at Edmonton sparked a little bit. Now let's talk about the Islanders coaching change. Uh, Lane Lambert out. In comes Patrick Waugh. What will he bring behind the bench? Emotion. You know, he's uh, watching him. I mean, I, I on it, quite frankly, I, I don't know Patrick Waugh. I mean, obviously, I know what he's done in his world of hockey. But uh, as a person, as an individual, I really don't know. But what I did see in practice and what I did see behind the bench is someone that has a lot of emotion, a lot of intensity, um, very, uh, very vocal. Uh, and, you know, frankly, I think the Islanders needed that they were they were a little bit stale with their play and, and uh, that's not all on the coach. Uh, uh, players have a responsibility, too. And, and so um, it shouldn't be just a one-sided affair. But uh, 
from what I saw the other night, uh, no question that, uh, you know, there's going to be a change in just attitude more than anything else. Well, when you, you talk, you've been there, you've done that. Um, how, how important is emotion from a coach or do different teams need different personalities? I, I, I think it's uh, different teams need different personalities. I mean, Al Arbor behind the bench was very calm, uh, always in control and, and very, very seldom did he ever, you know, speak up at any point in time. And, you know, he had some pretty good success. And, and then you have, you know, people like Patrick Waugh who, who, that's that's their nature, and 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 a lot of times that that really gets the teams uh, in gear. So I think it's a lot about the personnel that you're dealing with, and I think Patrick Waugh is the right guy for the job right now because the Islanders just, for whatever reason, for um, you know a good part of the season that the consistency wasn't in their game, and and I always talk about you know you've got to have that adrenaline, you've got to have that emotion, and um, you know they just didn't have it often enough. When you look at this Islanders team, like uh, the back to back conference uh, championships, missed the playoffs. They were in the first round last year. They, they've lost some of those players. Uh, where should this team be? Because right now they're right there in the playoff mix. Well, they, I, I feel like they should, should, should be able to make the playoffs, you know, and, and it's quite frankly, it's, it's really difficult to tell exactly how good they are because the consistency hasn't they beat some good teams i mean toronto has a really tough time against them and toronto can't beat them and we know toronto is a very good hockey team and yet they'll play against teams that they should win easily and and they're nowhere so it's a real hard team to uh to understand it's just to you know what they're really capable of you love their highs but you don't like their lows so um That'll be Patrick Waugh's, I think, biggest job is to get these guys on a on a consistent basis where they can they can give you what they what they have, and then you can understand what they can do and can't do. But I think right now it's a is a bit of a guessing game. Butch Goring here on the Green Zone uh, with the New York Islanders. Uh, it, when you look at the goaltending, is it the goaltending or is it the defensive structure of the New York Islanders right now? I, I can tell you, it's not the goaltending. Uh, uh, Varla almost been hurt uh, a couple times this year, but uh, Sorokin has been uh, unbelievable, outstanding. You, you can't look at his save percentage. You can't look at his goals against average because if he wasn't as good as he is, everything would be uh, the goals goals against average would be higher. His save percentage would be lower. He, he, he has been terrific. So it's it's not just it's it's really a team a team effort or a lack of a team effort at different times. I think. Islanders uh, spend more time in their own zone than anybody else. They spend less time in the offensive zone than the majority of the league, and 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 so when you look at those two uh, two situations, you can understand where you know Sorokin would be on the surface. They'd be saying, "Yeah, he's not very good." Butch, when it comes to Patrick, we'll circle back to Patrick Waugh. Does it feel everybody from the outside? We've seen Patrick in Colorado, and we've seen him in in Quebec a little bit, and he is emotional. He can blow a gasket. He can go a little overboard. Does, does it yep. feel risky at all with what we've seen from Patrick Waugh in the past, or is he promising to be better? <laughs> well, you know, we'll find out maybe in the very near future. But I, I, I think that, uh, you know, he's obviously uh, older now. And as, as everybody in, uh, likes to say, we're a little more mature and and. And I, I think he, you know, he's got more experience with with coaching now. Albeit it wasn't in the National Hockey League level, but I, but I think that uh, you know he understands uh, his role probably a little bit better than when he first got involved with, uh, you know, with, with the Avalanche. So 
Um, but he, he's got to be who he has to be. I mean, and that, that's, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons why Lou Lamarillo hired him is that, you know, he is an emotional guy. He is going to, um, be incredibly competitive and, and he wants to win. And, and, uh, so those are all elements that are, that are good things. And, and so time will tell whether, you know, he can keep him under control at somewhat, uh, because I think his team's going to thrive on, 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 on the emotion that he displays at different times. Now, when you you look at this uh, Islanders uh, team with the uh, stretch they have up ahead, couple of home, couple away, but more of a home stand uh, coming up. How important is it uh, to get a little bit of a bump uh, from the head coach right now? Uh, well, real important. I mean, they're you know they were lagging a little bit. They obviously went through I think, a stretch where they lost seven of eight, and you and you just don't want to. You don't want to get out of, uh, out of out of reach with the uh, with the with the uh, playoffs, right? So, uh, so it's 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 very important that they you know they they don't have to win every game, but I, I think until Patrick gets a chance to really understand his team, and that'll come over the All Star break. I think the Islanders need to just sort of stay in touch. You know, a couple points back, it's okay, but you know, you get six eight points and you're trying to climb over four or five hockey teams, that becomes a difficult task. Well, Butch, thank you so much for joining us here on the Green Zone to uh, catch up on the New York Islanders today. Thank you very much, and uh, tell Gritz right now, don't be gloating too hard right now. I know his team is running hard. (laughs) Uh, Butch Goring here on the Green Zone. Of course, the Islanders are actually were the last team to beat the Edmonton Oilers before the Oilers' uh, 13-game win streak. Thanks to Butch Goring for joining us here on the Green Zone. More coming up. Jamie and Drew with you on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Nye, Drew Remenda. This is uh, the Green Zone on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, Drew, history was made in the NHL last night. Did you hear that? History was made in the NHL last night. The Arizona Coyotes, ah. the first team in NHL history to score a power play goal without recording a shot. Thanks to uh, Chris Letang and uh, Evgeny Malkin. Well, this is big for the Penguins. They're, they're just trying to kill as much time off. The goalie pulled. Latang has it. He goes back to Malkin. And Malkin can't handle this back pass. It goes off the blade and into the back of the net. Nine times out of ten, Latang to Malkin, no matter what situation, for nine out of ten, 999 times out of a thousand, it's working. Yep. Just a little but, simple back pass. Simple back pass to Yevgeny because it's like the backtrack. It's like the cutback in your breakout, which you use. So you gain all the, you increase the gap and you gain the speed. And, um, yeah, <laughs> scores. It was a delayed penalty. So the goaltender leaves to get an extra attacker. It was an Arizona power play at the time. That's why it was a power play goal. Um, and with no goalie and a little bit of an oops, uh, there it was just over the line. Uh, for Arizona last night. But first time ever in a power play goal scored in the NHL without registering a shot uh, for the Absolutely Arizona amazing. I'm surprised at that. You you would think you would think somebody's passed it into their own net, you, you know, on a breakout trying to go through the middle and it clicks off a D-man or something, but I guess well, not. I guess it, you'd have delayed penalty goals have happened before, but not with the other team on the no. power play. Is is the one? Well, yeah, that's the, that's what I mean. But I mean, even on the power play, where there's there has, hasn't been a goal scored 
on a registered shot on a power play. You would think that somewhere along when the craziness of the National Hockey League, Something that somebody would have yeah. would have gone wrong. But nope, absolutely amazing. 2024, new things happen. Uh, a lot coming up. Uh, we have a Truth or Trash Tuesday. Maybe it's because I just came back from Edmonton. I have a little bit of rant, a little bit of a rant on the narrative around the Edmonton Oilers uh, right now. What could you possibly be talking about? Oh, man. Have you seen the headlines? Of course I have. From The Athletic to TSN to Sportsnet. I read a story on the theoretical what would it be like for a Stanley Cup parade in Edmonton if they win the – I'm like, what are we Mm -hmm. doing? This is what they did last year, <laughs> since last year, when they got knocked out in the second round. That's what they did the year before when they got knocked out without winning a game in the conference finals. That's what Edmonton does. That's who they are. That's the Edmonton media. That's the Edmonton fan base. But it's when not only the Edmonton the, media. It's national reporters writing yep, about this now. They, well, yeah, but they're, oh. they're from Edmonton. And this is what... When you were at the game and it was 2 nothing with five minutes left to go in the first period, I told the people about this on Friday. We have huge Edmonton Oilers fans in our midst. Oh, they were they were they cursing my working. name. They were cursing and they were they were they had already thrown up their hands and given up when the Kraken were up two nothing. That's what Oiler fans are like. <laughs> That's exactly what they're like. They are ready to jump off the cliff and then they're ready to plan the parade while they're falling to the bottom. (laughs) That's what they're like. And they know it. They just can't admit it. I'm talking to you guys. You know who I'm talking to with Rocco Radio. Frank Corrado um, says the Oilers are the best team in the NHL. They are the best team in the NHL. So truth or trash Tuesday, are they the best team in the NHL? That's coming up. But right now, let's uh, get a sports update to you. Jamie Niger, Romendo with the year in the green zone. Welcome into a Tuesday. This question has to go, uh, can't go unanswered here on the text line, uh, Drew. There's a text in, uh, missed it last week. Who won Saskatchewan's best hockey lineup is the uh, question that came in. Garbage. It did. Did you get your, did you get your son or your daughter to send that? You no, won. No, you know the... you won. You know you won. <laughs> My, my six-year-old is not texting right now. Just you want to bet? Yeah. yeah. And we'll, hey, hey, um, Scotty, backtrack that number, will you please? Chase, trace that number. Uh, you won at thirty-nine, thirty-eight percent. Scotty at thirty-five. I had eighteen, and Daryl had eight. Daryl only got eight percent. I think it was six, eight. Yeah, something like that. Which goes to one hundred percent confirm what I've always thought about the hockey knowledge of the people who listen to us. They're brilliant. Yeah, that's not what I've always thought. Gordy Howe, first overall pick. Ryan Getzlaff, Chris Kunitz in the last round. That blue line, though, of Dave Manson and Brad McCrimmon, come on. Pylons. Walk around them. My Bernie, (laughs) Proppy, walk around them. No problem. In fact, they did in junior for crying out They wouldn't get through the neutral zone. Gordy Howe would have knocked them out, and Ryan Getzlaff would have knocked the other guy out. Oh, Please, Ryan gets laughing. He wouldn't be able to catch my guys for crying out loud. He was never the most fleet of foot player you ever saw on the ice. <laughs> Again, then, confirms what I've always thought about our listeners when it comes to the game of hockey, and especially NHL. Cam Ward, uh, just in case one of those guys uh, one year, sl- one year Ward squeaks yeah. through. Um, one year Ward. 
<laughs> Ridiculous. No. You just put a bunch of. They, I they thought. Are. I thought. I really thought producer Scott was going to win. He darn near did, because uh, he had a very offensive group up front with uh, Glenn Hall and that. So, um, but no. Again, again. That's why you have me. I went again. I wasn't even here. You always accuse me of manipulating the vote and only counting. Well, I wasn't here to did? count, and how I do we still know you won. Didn't? How do we know you didn't? How do we know how you didn't I... have people just? Oh come what? on! How many your, burner phones your, do you think I dairy, have to vote? No, I think it's your dairy producer buddies. They all they all decided to check hey, hey. in and just start voting. That's entirely up to them. Entirely up to brutal, them. brutal, brutal, brutal vote. So I'm actually there's going to be a rally by the way on the sixth <laughs> of February uh, at Ralco. I'm going to hold a rally about uh, the vote. And, uh, well, we don't have to worry about the feds coming in with the emergency act anymore on that one either today, based <laughs> on the news that came. <laughs> Let's get to truth or trash. I'm here to reveal the nasty truth. You want answers. I want the truth. So I know when you're telling the truth or when you're not. What are you doing? Just a bit Truth or trash Tuesday. Okay, truth or trash Tuesday here on the Green Zone. Uh, Frank Corrado said it. A lot of people are saying it. The Edmonton Oilers are the best team in the NHL. They are the best. 13 straight wins. They are the best team in the NHL. It was Brian Hayes a few weeks ago said out of the Canadian teams, the Edmonton Oilers, the best chance to win the uh, Stanley Cup right here, right now. And I was in Edmonton over the last five days. Uh, Took my son to his first NHL game. Hung out at uh, West Edmonton Mall. And then, of course, my daughter's cheer competition over two days, as uh, good on a few of the uh, Saskatchewan gyms represented well. Um, Rebels uh, cheerleading. Boss, uh, one of their teams, uh, did very well with a, a bid to Nationals. Uh, Warman was there as well and uh, represented Saskatchewan cheerleading extremely well. But, oh, my goodness, our Oiler fans feel... And I get it, 13 straight wins. But, Drew... Are they the best team in the NHL? Are the Edmonton Oilers the best team in the National Hockey League? Yes or no, Truth or Trash Tuesday, one 332 8255 And maybe it's a little bit of the bias of being a Canuck fan in me, where I'm like, where's the respect for the Vancouver Canucks? Do you know how much ground the Edmonton Oilers have made on the Vancouver Canucks over the last 13-game win streak? They've six points. They've gained six points on the Vancouver Canucks over that time. The Canucks have only lost two in regulation and, what, one or two in overtime? That's it over this span of the Edmonton Oilers. They're still 13 points up on the Edmonton Oilers. They have been consistent from start to finish over the first half of the season. They didn't need a 13-game heater to go on to squeak back into the playoff picture to go, oh, yeah, we're still around. I just... Maybe it's me. I'm just bitter, Drew, that all of a sudden the Canucks are in thrown aside going, ah, whatever. Winnipeg Jets, they're good. Ah, whatever. The Edmonton Oilers are the best team in hockey because they're right now the sexiest team in hockey. They are the sexiest team in hockey right now, without a doubt. On the plus side for the Edmonton Oilers, yes, they've won 13 in a row. They've got 53 points, and they've they've got five games in hand when it comes to the Canucks and the Golden Knights. They've only played 42 games. They are playing the way that they should have been playing from the start of the year when they didn't have the knocked out in the second round hangover. 
Um, so when everybody wasn't already planning the parade route, oh, wait, that's still happening. So, yes, they are a very good hockey team. I look at the Vancouver Canucks, the Winnipeg Jets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Dallas Stars. Have anybody watched the Florida Panthers lately? Or the Boston Bruins? Or the team the Sharks are playing tonight who are a little struggling a little bit right now in the New York Rangers? And you're looking at a handful of really, really good teams that I could make an argument are the best team. But to say that the, the Oilers are the best team in hockey right now when the Jets, the Avalanche, the Canucks, and even the Golden Knights who've got about, I think, nine guys injured still ahead, even though they, again, five games at hand, I would say that that is an overreach to suggest that they are the best team in hockey. Sexy, yes. Two of the best players in the world, yes. On an incredible heater that we don't see very much. But go back every year you look at top teams in the league. They go on these heaters. Now, Columbus Blue Jackets had a 16-game streak under John Tortorella. Exactly. So teams can go on winning streak and things are happening. I mean, good for the Oilers and good for um, – good to see Connor. You know, Connor got healthy. That was a big That was a big thing. And, they, and, and Chris Knobloch has changed a few things. We had Gene Principe on yesterday talking about it. And this isn't, to me, what I said yesterday. This isn't a streak. This is how they should have been playing from the get-go. But it is a complete disrespectful statement to say they're the best when the Canucks from day one, the Jets from day one, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, the Boston Bruins, the Florida Panthers, and the New York Rangers have all went, wait a minute, have you guys been looking over here? Uh, The last uh, couple of wins on this win streak um, include, uh, let's see here, they have the Kings, the Flyers, and uh, the Red Wings says, okay, Maple Leafs were struggling when they beat them on Tuesday night in Edmonton. Uh, but the Flames, the Kraken, the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Senators, the Ducks, the Sharks, uh, some softer spots on this schedule. But now they've added Corey Perry. one 877 Ed, are the Oilers the best team in the NHL? Uh, at the present time, Jamie, no. But they're working at it. But, you know, you and Drew, you guys are great. I listen to your show every day, but you're a little hard on the Oilers fans that are across the country, not just in Edmonton. We didn't plan no parade. There's a long ways to go before there's a parade. It's not called Toronto. It's called Edmonton. You know, and you got yeah, but you're acting like, Ed, Ed, you're acting like Toronto, though. Your fans act like Toronto, though. Well, not everybody. They're, you know, don't paint everybody with the same brush, Drew. I mean, it's. Uh, and I think you guys are a little bit hard on. It. But I'll listen to you anyway. But I think Perry's <laughs> going to make a big difference. And, uh, you know, dry sidle, you know, you could go on and on. But, the, you know, the main thing of, of what the Oilers going right now is Skinner. And you <laughs> guys know, I mean, he, he's he's tied Grand Furies for most wins in a row. You know, we got to let up a little bit, you guys. They got a long way, but they've come a long way, fellas. Oh, they, long that, way. they were two and nine, and what are they now? You know, they are they are now where we thought they'd be in the mix of the top three in the Pacific. Well, well probably in the top two. We didn't see the Canucks <laughs> doing what the Canucks had. But Ed says, "Don't paint us all." In the, Ed wasn't planning no parade as an Edmonton Oilers fan. Uh, but uh, whew, there's 
I think people are in their lawn chairs uh, on Jasper Avenue right now. I think I saw a few just lined up, ready to go in June uh, for that me, one. Of course, this is the talk- same. This is the same fan base you'll remember who held almost a Stanley Cup parade when they lost in Game Seven to the Carolina Hurricanes, which was the most awkward thing I have ever seen in my life. Was when they came home after Game Seven and had all those guys standing on the stage. But yeah, this is great. Thanks for coming out to celebrate our hey, Game 7 Stanley Cup loss. It's fantastic. I got I got that one beat, buddy. I got that one beat in my career. The Do San share. Jose Sharks. <laughs> the San Jose Sharks. The first time we made the playoffs in 1993-94, we beat Detroit in seven games, come within a crossbar of beating Toronto. We had a parade. We, no, sorry. It was called a caravan. Uh, what? I I kid you not. I kid you not. We sat there and argued with the people who were in charge of our organization, not hockey ops, but the 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 uh, other side, business ops. We argued and argued and argued and argued. Eventually, lost the argument for making and, the second round of the playoff. Yeah, yeah, and it was our first year in San Jose. And <laughs> this is the other part that you'll have to explain it to me. We were all on these flatbed things and waving and people were jamie the park downtown was packed packed well it's but, same in edmonton too yeah yeah but for <laughs> for some reason and i'm still trying to figure it out don't know right to this day uh dana stubblefield the for, Sam, for, former san francisco 49er and now uh convicted criminal uh was uh was on one of those uh trucks with us yeah i know i know do that with that information. Do what you will. <laughs> Was that around the time the 49ers would have won a Super Bowl? Like would it? 92, 93, close in that area. He had yeah. nothing better to do. It was June or I guess eight or May or something at the time. May. Um, May. Yeah. After a off season training session, you just no. No, they invited him. No, no, they invited him. They okay. they said, Hey Dana, will you come and add some credibility to our <laughs> To our parade. Sorry, not as prayed. It was a caravan. Oh, yeah, caravan. Big difference. Okay, yeah, that, that tops the uh, Oilers after game seven of the Stanley Cup final. No, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Oh my goodness. We might we might have stumbled onto another truth or trash Tuesday. Oiler fans are the most annoying fan base going. This coming from a Leafs fan. <laughs> then someone said <laughs> Canucks fans are the worst um fans. Uh, but Les says, don't worry about Edmonton being the best and planning Stanley Cup ce- celebrations because Vancouver Canucks are going to win the Stanley Cup anyway. Now, that, see, that's not what's going to happen at all. The Canucks don't win things. We don't win lotteries. We don't win st- Stanley Cups. We win burning cities down. We're pretty good at that, as Vancouver Canuck fans are. We've, we've seen that a few times, unfortunately. Uh, Mason in Regina uh, says... Uh, Drew just named all the teams that can beat the Oilers in the playoffs if if they make it. The Oilers lack the players with playoff experience uh, to get it done. Many are now saying the Oilers, the best team in the NHL. Truth or Trash Tuesday here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Nye and Drew Romendo with you here on the Green Zone. More responses coming in on the Edmonton Oilers. Are they the best team in the NHL? one 332 8255 
Uh, Glenn in Regina, truth or trash? Oilers are the best team in the NHL. What do you think? No, that's that's false. That's that's trash. No, they're not. They're playing really good. Uh, they they don't have the golden. They don't have the defense. Uh, and, and you take away Connor McDavid and and Drysital, they're they're very beatable. Like we saw that when at the start of the year, yeah, uh, uh, it looked to be uh, McDavid was a little bit nicked up. Uh, Still a great player, even nicked up. But, uh, no, that's why they lost that. By the way, regarding uh, the Riders signing today. Mason, fine. What do you think, Glenn? I'm fine with it, really. I don't think it matters too much about uh, Jake Dolagala. I'm a big Dolagala fan, but uh, I think you'll probably see them both back again. I'm thinking the coaching staff wants to look at them both if they can sign Jake, which I think they're probably going to do. Yes, uh, Britton Gray will have more football at four on Mason Fine getting a two-year contract extension with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So Glenn says trash when it comes to the Oilers being the best. I'm a huge Oilers fan, but as of now, not the best team. Drew mentioned a few deeper than the Oilers, which pushed them ahead. Plus, I hate to say this, but until the champs are dethroned, I hope Wheels isn't listening to be the man. you got to beat the man when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights. I would have answered your question sooner about the Oilers being the best team, but it took me 10 minutes to stop laughing, uh, said Reg on the uh, text line at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Jeff also says trash the Oilers play in the West, which is the easier conference. That's why the Canucks are where they are. They play in a weaker division and a weaker conference. So trash uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Here's, here's what I always would add to Oilers fans regarding winning streaks. Last year, the best team, literally the best team in the history of the game in a regular season were the Boston Bruins. Here's what they did last year. Won 9 out of 10 to start things off. Then they went 10 out of 11, 10 out of 11, 11 out of 12, then finished off the season 15 of 16, wins 15 of 16, and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. Winning streaks don't mean jack squat when you get to the postseason. I'll tell you, I watch like being there watching the Oilers play. There are there's still deficiencies in that team. Like if the, uh, if, the yeah. if the Kraken had some finish, whew, that's a different story than uh, than that result on Thursday. Good.